morning and welcome. Hi, this is your host, Rhonda Taylor from Let Your Voice Be Heard Movement Internationals, also the Lion of the Tribe of Judah Global Tent Ministries, where there is life, love, joy, peace, and harmony. Yes, today I want to talk about our covenant-keeping God. Yes, God have made a covenant with you. He have made a covenant with me. And he don't break covenant. God don't break promises. Whatever he said concerning you, he mean it. I, today I speak Jeremiah 29 and 11 over your life. Yes, also Psalms 91 over your life. That you will be protected. That you will not dash your foot against a stone. That whatever that's been, that maybe you woke up with a little aches and pain. And maybe... Um, you know, you woke up with a few things on your mind and, and a little stress, a little a little bit of anxiety. You know, I'm going to go ahead and send that away right now. And we're going to give it to the Lord. And we know that we are healed by his stripes. We know that we are delivered, that we are made free. Yes, that we uh, belong to God. And God is our, our covenant-keeping God. He is our healer. He is our deliverer. Yes, he is. So today, I just want to talk about the women of the covenants the women. And today, the woman that I choose to talk about today would be Sarah. Okay. Uh, Genesis 11, chapter 11, verse 27. Um, uh, Genesis 12, verse 20. Genesis 16, verse 1 through 6. Genesis 17, verses 15 through 19. Genesis 18, verses 1 through 15. Genesis 20, verses 1 through 18. Genesis 21, verses 1 through 13. Genesis 23, verses 1 through 9. Now, moving forward, okay, the facts of Sarah's life sound like an adventure story, okay, if you will, uh, full of twists and turns. Uh, She was settled into her life when her husband suddenly announced that they would uh, be moving and they would move out of their comfort zone. And a lot of us have been in our comfort zone for so long uh, in our mind and in the places where we are and the way that we think, the things that we do. You know, we don't, we love our comfort zone, but God is about to move us out of our comfort zone because he's elevating a lot of his children. Okay. Now she managed uh, a very wealthy household with a very complicated blended family. And uh, that's not all. She bore no children of her own. And even when God made her a specific promise, she laughed. <laughs> she laughed it off as, as if that was impossible. How many of you that God have come to you personally and he spoke some things to you? And maybe you had someone to come back and confirm what he said and you kind of you know, chuckled a little bit. You kind of laughed a little bit because you didn't believe it, you know. And I believe the reason being maybe because you've already had, you've been through a lot, you've experienced a lot of disappointment, you've experienced a lot of um, setbacks, delays, disappointment, betrayal, lying, deceit from other people. And sometimes we even deceive ourselves when we put so much emphasis on uh, other things and other people. And so when we do that, it puts us in a place where it's hard for us to trust God not just people but we don't it it's to the point to where where you don't even trust God and that's the that's the person that you should give your all uh to that's the person you should really trust you should be trusting God the almighty one uh God will never let you down he will never disappoint you God will never leave you nor will he forsake you no he will not God will be with you Uh uh-huh um how surprised she 
I, I, I can just imagine how surprised that she must have been when the, when, you know, when that came to her and it finally came true. <laughs> when God told her all that time, she wasn't able to have any, you know, have any children. Then God come up and let her know, hey, send an angel to tell her, hey, now you're about to, you're about to give birth. You're about to have a, a, a child. And she like, ah. In my old age, you know, and some of, you know, sometimes we think we done got too old to receive the blessings from the Lord. Like, man, I waited all these years for this. And God said, yeah, now this is the time. Now you mature in your mind and your spirit. You ready to hold on to these things. See, back then, I, if, I'd have gave, if I would have given you that, you you probably would have messed it up. You probably would have, you know, ain't no telling what you would have done, done with it. So now I know I can trust you with this. I know. And I wanted you to trust me. I wanted you to not put your trust so much in what you have and, you know, what you even think that you have. I wanted you to put all your trust in me. So sometimes, just sometimes God will allow us to uh, go through some things in order to uh, to let us see his hand and not ours. To allow us to have more faith in him and trust in him versus having so much trust and faith in other people, you know. You know, when people walk away and when people scandalize your name and when people use you and manipulate and do all that other stuff, God is still right there. He's still there. But oh, how far off track she'd already gotten by taking the matters into her own hands. Uh, sometimes we take things in our, into our own hands. God moving too slow. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the first to raise both of my hands to say, I, I have been guilty of that in the past where God, you're moving too slow. I'm going to do this on my own. And, and sometimes when he's saying, be still and know that I'm God and, and you, you be on pins and needles like, you don't see this. You don't see all the stuff I'm going through. I know you see this person's spirit. I know you know him better than me. Why are you allowing this to happen? And, and then you start questioning and, and, and <laughs> like you, uh, like you lecturing God, like you telling him what he should be doing. And so I've been guilty of that. Like, God, wait a minute. Now you, you're taking kind of long on this matter. This thing is draining me. This I already see this person's spirit. I see these people's spirit. And, and God said, yeah, I see yours too. You're impatient. You don't, you know, you're seeing everybody else, but I'm seeing you. That's why I'm, a, I'm, I'm allowing you to be able to see things for what it is so you can grow up in the spirit realm. I want you to grow up so I can be able to put stuff in your hands and know that I can trust you with it, that I can trust you with ministry, that I can trust you with people's lives, that I can trust you with money, that I can trust you with a spouse, that I can trust you to have children, that I can trust you to be a spiritual parent, that I can trust you to be a, a spiritual sister and a brother, that I can trust you but I, I I I know you know you saying you ready but I know I know your thoughts from afar I, I'm the only one that can count every strand of hair on your head you don't even know how many strands you have but I being me being God I know every strand of hair on your head so don't try to figure me out because you can't because my ways as far it my ways is nothing like man's ways God said mm-hmm According to the Bible, Abraham twice denied being Sarah's husband to protect himself when a powerful ruler noticed just how beautiful she was and wanted her for himself. In the case and involving uh, Pharaoh, Sarah was already 65 years old. Think about how stunning her beauty was. It must have been so stunning (laughs) that it drew so much attention 
even as she was entering her her golden years. Uh huh. While <clears throat> while many details about Sarah are unknown, we do know this that she was definitely definitely skeptical of men in shining robes, uh, <laughs> telling ninety year old women that they uh, would have babies. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to repeat that. While many details about Sarah were unknown, we do know this, that she was definitely skeptical of men in shining robes telling 90-year-old women that they will have babies. So, who was she beyond these, uh, these few little things that we've read about in reading the story of Abraham and Sarah? It's hard to not focus on Abraham. <laughs> After all, he was uh, the one who received the call from God, correct? Uh-huh. Go from your country and your people and your father's house to a land that I will show you. God tell you to get away from everybody. Just, you know, Jesus had to move away from his own hometown because the people that was around him just did not respect him. Just, you know... They just did everything that they was big and bad enough to do. Didn't have no respect for Jesus. So he got around other people. He had to move away from his hometown. Genesis 12 and 1. It's the first hint we received that this land God will show him. He will show him the promised land. (laughs) It is going to play a crucial part in salvation's history. But along with uh, promises to Abraham, God repeatedly makes clear that Sarah will be a key player that she will be a mother of nations kings of people shall come from her read genesis 17 and 16 okay if sarah objected to uh to their journey scripture does not record it it never said that she rejected okay uh, in order to avoid a famine uh, she and Abraham journeyed from Europe to Haran, from Haran to Canaan, and then from Canaan to Egypt. Uh, Sarah supported her husband during the dispute with his nephew, Lot, and during the subsequent battle with the five kings of Canaan when he had to ride uh, to Lot's uh, rescue in Egypt. That was a mess all by itself. Furthermore, he shouldn't have never took Lot with him. And a lot of times we take Lot with us and we keep taking them into places that they're not ready for. And everywhere we take them, they make a mess. And not only do they make a mess, they embarrass you everywhere they go with you. Okay. Uh, In Egypt, she was beautiful enough to attract Pharaoh's notice, which prompted Abraham to uh, fudge the truth about who she really was. Okay, if you're wondering why Abraham felt compelled to lie, remember that he was a refugee traveling through a foreign land. Okay, this was a period when powerful rulers could claim beautiful women simply because they wanted them. Okay, they didn't have to have a reason just because I want her, I can have her. Okay, Uh, 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 her husband could could pay with his life. Uh huh. A consequence in which Abraham would have been all too aware of. He was aware of that. Ultimately, the other men moved uh, by Sarah's beauty rejected her when they realized that she was married. The Lord himself uh, directly intervened to protect her by sending plagues. Uh huh. He sent plagues in the case of Pharaoh and by visiting Amalek uh, with a warning. Okay. Abraham's fear put Sarah in danger. 
um, and, and also put other men in positions where they could have sinned against God. Abraham's deceit uh, didn't help anyone. Okay, and his behavior tells us something about his character. He was sometimes fearful and weak. Okay, um, it's rather remarkable that God choose a man like Abraham to be the patriarch of His chosen people. Uh, but you know, perhaps he he did this in order to demonstrate his power through Abraham's foolishness. As Paul notes in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, God's power is made perfect in weakness. Okay? And uh, read 1 Corinthians 1 and 27. God chose uh, what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. Yeah, he do it every time. He always chooses that thing that looks very foolish to man. And he makes those that, you know, he, 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 to shame the wise. Because a lot of time the wise think they know everything. Okay, God choose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Isn't that something? Okay, in any case, Abraham's weaknesses of character had marked influence on his marriage. And I, you know, me personally, I often wonder how Sarah felt being placed in potential danger because of his decisions. Okay, because he did, he made he made some foolish decisions. Uh, I'm gonna go back to Lot. Number one, you taking Lot. God told you, he didn't even mention your nephew. He said, take your wife and your, you know, take, take your wife and your family. You go, but he didn't say take, he didn't say take lot. So he took his nephew for whatever reason, could have been out of fear. He felt like he needed help and he just didn't try, whatever reason, because he didn't say why, but he took him and lot brought a lot of confusion with him, brought a lot of confusion, caused him to lose a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as we know, Sarah herself uh, is voiceless until chapter 16 now. Read chapter 16 uh, of the narrative when for the first time she has something to say. Isn't that something? Sometimes you wait a long time and you let go ahead and let Abraham have all the say. And then sooner or later, Sarah have to open up her mouth and say what thus says the Lord. You know, sometimes you'll sit back long enough and you listen to people make a, a mockery out of things and you listen to people and you pay attention to how they do things. And then at some point you got to open up your mouth just because, you know, they say a woman never supposed to speak or say anything. You know, it's all, no, 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 the devil, no, where are they doing that at? No, you, at, at some point you got to open up your mouth. You know, uh, sometimes, just sometimes, if you if you if you keep your mouth shut, it could cause you to lose your life. Okay. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had bore him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, "The Lord has kept me from having children. Go, go, sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her." Abraham agreed. To what Sarah said in Genesis 16, 1 and 2. Now, when she finally spoke, <laughs> when she finally spoke, it was, you know, she that's when she started taking matters into her own hands, okay? Now, sometimes, now, ladies, sometimes we do make some foolish choices and we say things out of context and sometimes we speak and, and it brings wisdom and it brings uh, happiness and it brings joy and it brings love to our families. And some things we say, it could be quite foolish, you know? Um, some things you can say in your ministry, it can be quite foolish. Some things that you do, something, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you, you know, uh, do certain things, it could bring shame. Okay. It's almost as though Sarah was saying, okay, wait, 
hold up. I said nothing while you dragged us for hundreds of miles from, from, uh, from Chattelia to Canada to Egypt and back again. I said nothing while you uh, talked about this covenant with God that you, you somehow think that you have and special promises you say God has made you, but, but, I, uh, but nothing have happened. Okay, and if we're going to have, uh, uh, if we're going to do anything, I let it be. That, I, I'd rather to take matters into my own hands right now. That, that that's what she might as well say. You know, that's just me paraphrasing that. You know, she didn't say it, but I'm just saying it's almost like she said. Now you done did all this. You done brought a lot. He done made a mess. You done did this. You done made a mess. And then you got here. You made a mess. So, well, you know, yeah, you 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 know, only thing that you did do, you. You, you know, you heard, you said God told you to move, which is the only thing that was correct. You know, God did tell him to make a move, you know, you know, so you, you did that. I listened to you. T- I didn't say a word. I didn't say a word. I let you do whatever. I let you, I let you work and do your own thing and your ministry. I let you do all that. This is me still talking. Okay. Uh, I let you do all that. And I was with you. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't disgrace you. I didn't make you look bad. You know, I didn't talk about you. I didn't, I didn't do anything to make you feel less than who you were. I stood beside you and I, you know, and, and, and I stood as a, as a proud wife and I stood as a, as a woman of covenant. I stood and, and, you know, uh, make sure I had your back, you know, but you know, now it's my time. Mm-hmm. The first time we heard Sarah speak. Okay. She has a plan. But we, the readers, know it's not God's plan. We know that, okay? We know God is uh, is is weaving through this story, okay? Uh, the story with with Isaac, but Sarah is still skeptical. She's still skeptical. Just the chapter before, God pledges to Abraham that the one who will come from your own body will be your hero, okay? Genesis 15 and 14. Now, he done already told him. Okay, that was, you know, who, what, what Sarah was going to, what she was going to have. Okay, but somehow she moved on her own. Okay, God has shown him the glittering night sky, promising him that his descendants would be as many as the stars in the sky. Won't be able to count them. Uh huh. Abraham was still in, he, 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 he was all in. He was, he was all in to what God was saying. The minute God said jump, Abraham said, how high? But highly uncertain that any of this would come to pass, Sarah wanted evidence. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. She wanted evidence. She appears to have been the practical one in the relationship. Not uh, faithless, but not exactly trusting either, okay? So she came up with the solution. (laughs) To what she saw as a problem of God's unfilled promise. <laughs> Following ancient Near Eastern custom, Sarah hatched a plan to produce a hero, sending Abraham to go into her maid Hagar. Okay, so she could obtain children through her. Wow, I don't care if I can't have children. You know, uh, I will never appoint another woman to have a child for my husband. Oh, no, we're not doing that. When you do that, you can go live with the woman that you had children with. Because, no, ma'am, we're not doing that. That is, oh, no, we're not going to do that one. Mm -mm. Uh -uh, I'm not going to agree to that. (laughs) Okay. 
Uh, but not exactly trusting either. She just, she had her solution once again, uh, following, you know, different things. She wanted her, her slave to have, to be with her husband and to have boy children. Hagar considered Sarah a person of no standing because she was barren. Okay. Oh, hmm. I want you to read Genesis 16 and 4. So then the far younger Hagar was only one bearing a child for Abraham. It might have been uh, natural for Hagar to assume that her relationship with both Sarah and Abraham had changed. Okay. Her status had surely improved. Uh, and as a mother of Abraham's soul hero, she she had security for her future. Okay. Now she, she got kids with him now, you know. Uh, uh, back then, you know, they didn't, uh, you know, like now, they child support used to, these women now, they like, <laughs> I have kids with you and you ain't with me, you choose another woman, I'm putting you on child support, you know. Um, that's something that I never uh, done, you know, when I was with my children's father, we was married and when we, uh, you know, divorced, I, I told the judge I didn't want child support and if he didn't decide to take her on his own, then hey, that was up to him, but I was going to take care of my children that I didn't want that. But you have, you do have some women that like, no, nah, I want all of mine. And I, it's nothing against that, you know, <laughs> do what you do and you know, nothing against it. But I'm just telling you what I did. But now I'm just telling you the difference between then and now, you know, so then, um, so <clears throat> what was Abraham's reaction to the news that his wife, you know, um, you know, you, you, you now telling me to deal with this this young lady okay um what was his reaction what was abraham's reaction to the news that his wife's now pregnant servant despised her did you hear me right uh-huh abraham's reaction to the uh-huh to the to the now pregnant servant that despised her okay did he urge uh, did he did he try to calm the situation down? Did he try to hear both sides of, of the dispute? Not exactly. Abraham said to his wife, your slave is in your hands. Do with her whatever you think that's best. Uh, isn't that something? Genesis 16 and 6. First of all, her slave wasn't the one that came up with the idea. <laughs> her slave looked at her, you know, as just she was just a servant of of Sarah. She didn't think nothing about Abraham like that. So to Sarah came up with that bright idea. Okay, this is how the second time we see Abraham um, and his uh, his wife wishes when he uh, when we know Sarah is in the wrong. Sarah is 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 in the wrong, if, if you will. You know, some people may say no, she was. Yes, she was in the wrong. Okay, their relationships come into a sharper focus now. Okay, and it is a complicated, it's a very complicated one, marked by times when she speaks her mind and times when she uh, silently flows uh, or follows her lead. You know, uh, in, in, in this instance, you know, she's, she's finally speaking out a lot. Now, you're angry. Okay, uh, he attempted to restore peace uh, in his relationship with Sarah by demolishing his relationship with the pregnant Hagar. Do whatever you please, he tells his wife. And Sarah does. The Bible tells us that Sarah dealt harshly with Hagar. That was wrong. Okay? In Genesis 16 and 6. It's the same wording the Bible uses for the way uh, the Egyptians treat their Jewish slaves in in, uh, Exodus. 
meaning with oppression and forced labor. That was wrong. Abraham gave Sarah complete authority over Hagar, knowing what it would mean for the servant woman. Uh huh. And he stood by while Sarah abused the pregnant woman with impunity. That is wrong. Uh huh. This was your idea, then you abuse her. In reading, in reading this history of slavery in in America, South uh, American, South or in Caribbean, I'm sorry. We find the stories detailing the mistreatment of pregnant women. Uh huh. So that's the same thing that took place with uh, Sarah and Hagar, how she mistreated Hagar. Ah, oh, my, my, my. Mm-mm-mm. Abraham, we're going to skip through Abraham in, in Genesis 17 and 17, where it says, Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a, a child at the age of 90? Okay, see, at this point, Sarah was done with all revelations, all promises. She had, she had seen enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> she had hoped long enough. She had tied, she, she, was, she, was, she had tried long enough. She had twisted her life into knots long enough. No more. And so when the big reveal came, she laughed. Tell me another, Sarah thought. And God took note of that. Why did Sarah laugh? Genesis 18 and 13. He asked, is anything impossible with God? Genesis 18 and 14. And I want to say that to you. In, in my, I'm getting ready to close. Is it anything too hard for God? God can do exceedingly abundantly above that anything that we may ask or think. We can imagine Abraham turning several vivid shades of purple with, with embarrassment during this uh, exchange. Sarah hastily tries to fix it, too. <laughs> she denies laughing, but God responds, No, you did laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did laugh in Genesis 18 and 15. Okay? We hear Sarah's voice in the next text uh, once more with the birth of Isaac, nine months later. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he has said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised him, Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son that Sarah bore with him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him to. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Mm-hmm. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. Mm-hmm. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Uh-huh. So Isaac's name means laughter because she did. She laughed because she didn't, she didn't believe it. Like, I'm this old, really? A 90-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man? Really? So... Think about it the next time you laugh at something that God told you and the thing that God spoke to you in your quiet time, the things that God uh, promised you, the covenant that he made with you. The next time you laugh at something, you know, think about it before you do. Think of think of what happened with Abraham and Sarah when Sarah laughed. What happened? Because whatever God said, I don't care what time of day or night it is, whatever God said is coming to pass. 
In my closing, God have made you a promise. God have made you a promise. I'm not talking about a promise that you made to yourself. I'm not talking about a lot of declarations you made yourself that God didn't have anything to do with. I'm talking about the promise keeping God, the promises that God made you. They're coming to pass. I'm not going to say, oh, in 2023. No, I'm going to say in 2022, stepping into 2023, God is bringing some things to pass. Yes, he is. And I need you to get, don't, don't get ready. Stay ready for it. And don't, don't, don't focus so much on it to where you just, uh, you know how some people like, uh, I'm looking for God to do this. No, you work. You keep doing what God have you to do. And before you know it, like it did with Sarah and Abraham, it shall and it will come to pass. Can you say that with me? I'm going to give you a minute. Time's up. It shall and it will come to pass in your life. May God bless you. May forever keep you. Thank you today for lending me your ear. Talking about this covenant keeping God. May you be blessed. May you be restored. May you be replenished in Jesus' name. Have an amazing day.